GateWorld.net presents an exclusive interview with Carl Binder. For GateWorld.net, I'm Darren Sumner. I'm here with Carl Binder. Carl, thanks for uh, giving us some of your time today. You're welcome, anytime. Tell us a little bit about Season 4 of Atlantis as fans are looking forward to the fall premiere. How will the show be different from what we've seen in the past? Um, it will still be Atlantis, obviously, uh, but there will be there will be some changes. Uh, we at the end of last season, we kind of uh, gave the show a kind of a, what's called a soft reset, where we uh, are changing things up to send the show in a different direction. And this new season, we're, we're, we want to just make life a little more uncomfortable for our people, and which is always makes for better drama. Mm-hmm. And so there's going to be some some more twists. Uh, you know, I know that sounds like we you know, say that all the time, but I think there are going to be some real a lot of things that are going to come to a head this year, and there's going to be some new villains introduced. Um, life is not going to get any easier. In fact, it's going to get uh, much more rough for us this year. And even even from, in fact, I was just down on the set yesterday talking with Michael Blundell, the, the DP on the show. The the look of the show has a has a bit of a darker feel this year. The, the, just from the sets, the way that the, the set is, is lit. It, so the whole series has a has a bit of a darker feel, which which I think is an interesting way to take it. The scope of the the Atlantis universe just continues to expand. We got we got the Asurans, the Replicators last year. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a new race coming this year. Uh, will the Wraith continue to play a part in season four? Will the Replicators? Yes, both both will continue to play a part, and we are uh, in fact they everything will kind of come together. Uh, all these separate entities. Uh, from from the wraith, the replicators, new villains, everything will become intertwined. So it won't feel like separate storylines. It'll all be brought together this year, which is which is a lot of fun. It's a bit of a you know trying to orchestrate it all and figure it all out, but uh, it's coming together, I think, very nicely. In that uh, in that uh, it won't feel like. We are fighting on different fronts. It will all become one big, one big gigantic battle. <laughs> that's got to be a challenge from a writer's standpoint. Sure. Challenge and also fun. I mean, that's the thing is is we all felt that we wanted this year for uh, there. We, you know, we introduced also last year this intergalactic bridge, which made travel to Earth a lot more quicker and easier. We have the ships going back and forth, which makes makes travel. So we just wanted to um, we just wanted to shake things up a little bit, and we will continue to do that, uh, especially you know with with regards to the bridge, with regards to to the uh, the replicators and the wraith. So. Well, now we know uh, we know a little bit about the first half of the season, which uh, is in production now. Mm-hmm. Uh, what can you tell us about the episodes that you've written? The episodes I've written, the first one I wrote is Lifeline, which is episode two, which is kind of a two-parter uh, to start the season. We, you know, we're 
kind of approaching it as a two-parter, even though there, it's not really. It's more of a continuation. Kind of like last year. Yes, 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 yeah. It's you know, uh, a drift is uh, is the the city in space, and and the lifeline is you know is is finding that lifeline that 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 helps us to to hopefully survive. Um, so they're they're both big, splashy episodes, and. Uh, and uh, so we want to really start the season off with a bang. Um, uh, Lifeline is, is there's a lot of action. It's, uh, it de deals with the replicators, so uh, we get to travel back to their planet and see their, visit their world again, which will be fun. Um, and then the second episode uh, I wrote, which I actually, you know, uh, was m uh, more my kind of episode <laughs> which I really enjoyed uh, writing was is called missing mm -hmm. and it's a uh, an, it's another action but also character piece which with uh, Taylor and Keller uh, being isolated on on a planet and it's uh, kind of like a uh, survivor episode the two of them against uh, against a, an enemy that's pursuing them so it's uh, it's fun because Keller's the the new doctor on the show, and her character is introduced at the end of season three, and we see her in in a drift in Lifeline and and doppelganger and throughout. But this is a chance for us to really explore her character, find out about you know where she's from and who she is and what her character is, and so it, it was fun to be able to uh, to explore that character in juxtaposition to Taylor. Keller is the the you know the small town you know uh, girl completely out of her element in this uh, forested planet being hunted, and Taylor is the warrior who uh, who is perfectly at home in that environment. And so the two and how the two get along. So it proved to be a lot of fun, and we're just getting ready to do it with Andy directing it, and it's going to be a lots of visually visually it's going to be a beautiful episode because we got some great uh, locations for it. So now you've, of, among the writing staff, you've, I imagine, with that episode, have done uh, a lot of the, the writing for Keller and figuring out who she is as a character. Uh, how much of that comes from the writing room and how much of it comes from you in terms of fleshing her out? Well, I had some ideas when, when, I, was, when I first pitched the, the, the story and then we, s we talked about the basics you know of the plot and whatever and then I just sort of said well here's what I think for the character you know because you start thinking well is she an only child what yeah. you know where is she from which city and interestingly enough the city that I wanted her to be from which is uh, Blaine Missouri uh, which is a uh, is the is the small town from the movie Waiting for Guffman mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> It didn't clear with her character's name uh, from the legal standpoint, so I had to find a different hometown for her. It's, it's you know it's part of the game that we have to play, and, and also her her first name. We went through so many names for her. She was introduced as Doctor Keller, right. mainly because we could not clear a first name, because that's what we have to do on all of these shows sure. is is get legal clearance to be allowed to use a name. Uh, and so she was originally Stephanie Keller, and and then uh, uh, we just went down a whole list. Natalie, none of them cleared. So finally, it ended up being Jennifer. So Jennifer Keller, it is. So, uh, but anyway, th these are all the things that we 
we talk about and also basic the basic what she is, is as a character is she is she afraid of uh, is she somebody that's at home in the woods is she not is she a city girl you know so all these things had to be I had what I wanted to do with the character and everybody else agreed so I was I was lucky nobody nobody had any resistance to what I wanted to do with the character so are you excited about having Jules stayed on the show incredibly excited I I, I could not be happier I just from her first day of dailies on on first strike uh, she is a total pro I mean we are all huge fan, uh, Firefly fans here on the show so um, and we used her once before on on instinct uh, as the as a wraith and knew she was you know she was great then so when she came in as this character um, it was terrific and then we had the the cast uh, you know before we start shooting we always have the cast and producer dinner and I was able to uh, you know talk to her for a long time and just a, a, a real sweetheart and a pro and has been uh, has been a really nice addition to the show so and uh, the show also gains Amanda Tapping this year yeah tell us a little bit about uh, writing for her writing Sam Carter I you know in 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 lifeline she's not she's not huge in lifeline because life uh, adrift and lifeline are all about bringing <laughs> bringing uh, uh, Samantha Carter into the Atlantis universe and you know sort of organizing everything for the season um, and she's not in missing at all so I haven't had to really uh, uh, write for her yet um, but just from the uh, read-throughs we, we start having read-throughs and just from the read-throughs she's just um, and and uh, we saw the first cut of, uh, of Robert's episode doppelganger she's just uh, she provides uh, such a great presence for for the series. She's really um, I'm, I've been very impressed. And you know, she brings that that piece of SG One to Atlantis, which I think is really interesting. Although being there, she is she's Samantha Carter, but uh, she's in this new role, so she's almost uh, kind of kind of a different presence in 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 Atlantis than she was in SG One. So it's interesting to see her as the leader. And we're hoping to explore. We have a lot of episodes, not a lot, but but um, uh, her coming to, into into this new role, into this leadership role, and the struggles that she has initially when she first comes. Mm -hmm. You know, some clashes with certain team members, um, the decision making that you have to make in crisis uh, moments of crisis. That's going to be. Uh, uh, brought under the microscope for her so it'll be interesting to see her in in those roles. I imagine it would be hard and, and a fun dynamic to write for to have McKay specifically having to take orders from her now. McKay taking orders from her and I've in in uh, in in Joe's script reunion when when you know she she comes in and and McKay is like, uh, you know, it's it's going to be great working with you. You know, I'm in, you know, I'm involved with somebody now. You know, he, he's it's <laughs> quick to tell her. So it'll be it, that whole dynamic between the two, and he's always concerned because we have a past. You know, we have a past, and she's like, uh, we do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, okay. All right. Yeah, I know it's going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess it's going to be uncomfortable. So <laughs> it's a lot of fun to to play that that whole dynamic, and it's interesting seeing her interact with Taylor, seeing her interact with Ronan. You know those first clashes with Ronan, who you know, and everybody's kind of, 
you know, uh, Ronan and, and Taylor especially, they're, they're kind of nervous, you know, because they were, had grown very close to Dr. Weir. Now somebody else is coming in. These are, you know, huge shoes to fill. Mm. And, uh, and, you know, so there is a little bit of um, a wariness maybe uh, at first as to who this new person is. So there's some dynamics there that we're going to be exploring that, that are going to be fun. It's uh, it's been made known now that that Doctor Weir is going to be a recurring character in season four. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's uh, it's wonderful to gain a couple of really excellent actresses. But at the same time, this year we lose a couple of, of the show's regulars from yeah. last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've written quite a bit for for Elizabeth, I know, especially with the Real World last year. Um, just tell us your thoughts about about uh, losing that character and that actress. Well, I mean, it you know, it's difficult. Uh every show goes through periods of transition where where changes are made. And you know, there are people that disagree with uh the changes and other people that are welcome it and other people that say, "Well, let's see what let's see what this new dynamic brings." Um from season three to season four, Atlantis itself is being shaken up. The actual city is being shaken up, and so you know to go along with that, there's a there's there's a shakeup in the leadership in which uh, Samantha Carter is is brought in. So uh, I'm approaching it from that opportunity to look at how we can take Atlantis in a new direction and the challenges that presents and the new. The new dynamics that are presented by bringing in a new leader, and uh, and the people of Atlantis are aware of of this this dramatic change that is being made, and uh, and so season four is also about the transition of that because Tori will be coming back periodically in in various episodes. Um, we we kind of have a plan for her character, and so it'll be um, it'll be our team, our the people of Atlantis, adjusting to this new way while still sort of trying to figure out how without trying to give away too much. It's always that fine line to walk. But she is she is away from us, but she is not out of the Atlantis universe, and so that hope is being held held out that we can figure out a, a way, you know. So um, she's not gone from the Atlantis. No one's gone from the Atlantis universe when they when they leave <laughs> when they leave the show, um, and we're just sort of looking at it as a as a new you know as a new direction in the show, and and I, I'm sort of. Embracing and yes, I you know I've I have I did before I sleep and in real world so I have written some uh, some of the Tory shows so um, so yeah it's I mean it's 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 difficult it's difficult saying you know watching somebody leave and and uh, but you know again looking forward. <laughs> Do you have uh, any episodes that are emerging as a favorite yet? For season four? Season four, at least, uh, from the script stage. From the script stage in season four. Well, I mean, of my own or... Uh, <laughs> of everybody's. Yeah. Of everybody's. I'll, 
Well, you know, I, I well, for, uh, I'm really, uh, really love uh, travelers. I think is is really. Uh, what's interesting is they're all so different, and they're all. Um, there's no real. Um, so far, we, we haven't. We're not doing any like really light episodes. That's why I said it. There's kind of a darker edge to the show this year. <coughs> so uh, missing is very dark. Um, and which I I like the feel, and I, I you know I'm, I love being teamed up with Andy because uh, we've done uh, several episodes together in the past, and and he creates a real nice feel and mood in episodes, um, like with Vengeance last year, uh, and and this year. So missing, he's going to be doing Missing, which is which I'm really looking forward to. Um, Travelers, as I said, is is a lot of fun, and uh, uh, Paul wrote that one. That one's really good. Um, Doppelganger, uh, Robert's episode is really, really weird and wild and and cool. And we're just uh, beginning work on the um, mid-season two-parter. Joe's starting work on it, and part one is really wild. Yeah, he said on his blog that it's going to be completely unlike any two-parter. It is, it is. And it's, you know, it, it's it, we always say as writers, when you're breaking a story in the room, if everyone wants to write the episode, then then you've succeeded. Because, you know, sometimes you break an episode and you go, okay, that's good, that's good, we'll have fun. <laughs> and then and then there's those that you, you break and you, as soon as you're done, like this one, I pulled Joe aside and said, you sure uh, you, sure you want to do this? Because I'll, I'll be happy to... I'll be happy to do it because I, I love it. I think it's really, really cool. Looking back on season three, from mm-hmm. from where you are now, what what stands out? What were some of the show's strongest episodes, strongest moments last year? Um, uh, the series as a whole, for me, m- my favorite episode was McKay and Mrs. Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, just from a personal standpoint, uh, I, I love it when when a show has heart. Uh, here you had a really clever sci-fi episode that had some really strong character beats and ended with a real, it was very touching. And any time you can succeed in that, uh, I, I'm thrilled. And uh, so when I saw that episode, I thought everything came together. Performance, script, directing, Music. It was one of those where you go, okay, it all came together on that. That one, that one was successful in every every phase of the uh, of the of the process. So that was my favorite overall. Um, uh, I what I loved about is as far as the scripts I got to work on was uh, I was allowed to do a real broad range of episodes, which I like instead of just doing the same kinds. Of episodes all the time, yeah. um, and a, a lot of fans didn't like Irresistible, but it's still one of my favorite episodes. Uh, I liked I liked doing the lighter, fun episodes because I had just done the Real World, which was uh, darker and mm-hmm. kind of moody and weird, and and uh, so I was able to do something that was really strange like that, and then Irresistible, which was a lot of fun. And I got to do a monster movie, uh, got to do Aliens with Vengeance. Yeah. So I, I got to have a lot of fun. And Phantoms is, was, I think, Phantoms was probably um, the episode of mine that I did that, that came out the best as far as, like, uh, of a piece. You know, uh, how we were talking about McCain and Mrs. Miller, where everything came together. And, mm-hmm. 
and I felt that with Phantoms uh, was a very difficult episode to write and then produce and 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 Martin did a great job directing it and uh, it, that one really came to came together nicely. Inevitably, I imagine there's there's an episode or two every year that doesn't quite come together. That you mean like the game? <laughs> Is that the one that you would choose? Yeah, I think so. And, and, and you know, uh, it, you know, it, it's interesting because Echoes was another one that that, uh, that I was very happy with how it came out. And, uh, you know, I, I just love the, the story. I mean, I didn't, it was Brad's story. I just thought it was really clever, the incorporation of the whales and the solar flare. And it just, it was, it was all in the, and the ghosts from the past. And it was just a lot of fun. Uh, that was a fun episode because it was just a lot of twists and turns in it. Um, but that one, w- w- when we were in the middle of shooting it and cutting it, I was like, "Oh, this is not working at all." And then it then it came together, and the game was kind of it was a good idea <laughs> that I don't think it just ever it would just relied too much on the playback of this this game piece of people standing around a game piece watching. Um, I don't know. It's just it's 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 of the ones I did last year, probably be the one that I I, I was I had high, higher hopes for. Um, and you know, it's across the board. It's it's it just uh, it was an idea that somebody had pitched, and and um, we bought the idea, and we all loved the idea, and uh, I tried to. You make it work. <laughs> the idea really fits in with what Stargate loves to do, which is we really screw these people up. We really screw these people up, uh, people up, and and when because uh, originally it was pitched as um, McKay just playing this game and uh, manipulating this society that turns out to be a real society, and then he's sent there to correct everything, and they end up turning on him and you know, sending him up to the gallows to hang him, and you know we have to come in. And, and okay, well, we had done a lot of McKay episodes last year, and then Brad came in one day and said, uh, well, "Why don't we make it a two-player game like Risk?" And you know they're 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 you know they're, and so I, I just love that because I also love the whole topical, you know, uh, analogy of of the war and sending people off to play this video game that in fact is not a video game there's actual people dying there and how these old men have no problem playing with other people's lives so I I thought okay here's a chance to make a statement about that you know Um, and and you know, ultimately, when it was shot and cut together, is oh, that's right. And just the construction of of the of the story, um, it did end up with a bunch of people standing around a <laughs> table watching watching this battle unfold. So I, uh, you know, it it you know it it came out okay. I just hoped it wished it would have come up better. What. Uh well, what do you hope that season four of Stargate Atlantis accomplishes for the show and for the, for the mythology that you were building? What do I hope it accomplishes? Um, aside from the the obvious, I hope it's incredibly entertaining and uh, the fans really enjoy it. Um, I'm hope. You know, last year 
we introduced a lot of things that m- were making life easier for us in Atlantis. And what I had ho- hoped for season four was to introduce a lot of things that would make life more difficult for us. Because I think that that provides for better drama is when, is when it's more difficult, when we have a higher mountain to climb. Um, and so I hope that by the end of season four, uh, our, our team is as strong as ever, but that our city is in even more trouble than ever. <laughs> Which I think that's the way you, you uh, keep a series going. Because if everything's too comfortable, then, then uh, it's not as interesting. Um, but it's, you know, it's us against them. It's that, that, that tiny outpost in another galaxy that I want to, that I hope we can really reinvigorate that concept. Wormhole disengaged.